Good morning and welcome to another episode of the Local Procast. So we've all been on websites that are way too long to load or take way too long to load and it sucks. It's the worst. Um, and so today what I want to do is I want to share with you some tips and tricks on how to speed up your website and share with you how we 9 x a website speed for a recent customer, um, changing only three things. And so uh, in this episode, we'll dive into that and help you figure out how to speed up your website. Local businesses are the heart of their communities. Often they're the first people ask for sponsorships and are the first ones willing to give on top of frantically trying to grow their businesses. The problem is that they're facing increasing pressure from bigger, better funded, more tech savvy companies. So how does a less than tech savvy business push back in order to attract, retain, and engage more of their dream customers while growing profits? That's the question that this podcast will give you the answer to. My name is Jesse Flores, and welcome to the Local Procast. So we recently had a customer come to us. It was an e-commerce customer. And so if you're an e-commerce business, listen up, especially here, because page speed matters on all sorts of websites, but on e-commerce, uh, it directly impacts your bottom line. Because for every second uh, that it takes, every additional second it takes your website to load, um, conversion rates drop precipitously. I mean, something like they're down like 90% if it takes longer than seven seconds. It's it's insane how important speed is. And so this, this customer came to us and they were um, doing what most people do. They'd run uh, a couple of their pages on Google's page speed tool and they were averaging like a nine. <clears throat> and what was taking and, and their pages were loading on average 10 to 12 seconds. Now, in this particular case, they were on one of these standard e-commerce platforms like Squarespace or Shopify, and I won't say which one it is, but there are many of these other kinds of platforms that are really easy for somebody to get in and get started, um, but really difficult in some ways to optimize. Now, in, in general, these platforms, whether it's Squarespace or Square, uh, or Shopify or some of the others, will do or are currently working on ways to make their platforms speedier. But the reality is there's a lot of things that you as a as a user or website owner have control over that can dramatically impact um, the, the page speed even in uh, even when these platforms make it very difficult to do some things that maybe if you had access to the server, you would actually be able to do yourself. Now, in this case, um, they came to us and they had, like I mentioned, uh, average page speed scores of like eight or nine, taking 10 to 12 seconds on average to load. And uh, and obviously this wasn't good enough. They were about to start investing in some advertising. Um, and, you know, I think I've talked about this in other podcasts, or if I haven't, I will do a podcast on this. Um, but one of the quickest ways to reduce your ROI and drive up your ad expense uh, is to have a slow website. And the reason is, is because... Um, there's a disparity between your uh, what you'll see as clicks and what you'll see as landing page views, and that disparity is usually going to be the result of someone not willing to wait for your website to load. Anyway, so they're about to start doing some advertising, and um, and they obviously didn't want to start investing a lot of money uh, into this website until until driving traffic to this website, unless or until it was faster. And so we did what we do. We ran uh, some assessments and we have a couple of tools that allow us to do this. So we ran assessments on every page on their website to try and figure out what were some of the common issues that um, that were on their site and what could we do to try and uh, and fix them. And as it turned out that there there was not really a whole lot of surprise because we see the same kinds of issues pretty common. And at the end here, I'll break down um, our framework for how we think about website optimization for speed. 
And the three things in their case that we really needed to change was one, they were loading too many unnecessary fonts and they were doing it in a, um, uh, in a, in a suboptimal way. Two, they had uh, images that were way too large and, and with images in particular, in fact, I'll probably do a whole episode just on images because this is a, a, such a big deal. The images were way too large, not necessarily from the perspective of how wide or tall they were, but from how much data they took up, and, and that's a whole issue. Um, and then the third thing was loading in their scripts. So for most websites, if you see interactivity, things like pop-ups and drop-downs and you know, all the fancy stuff that people are like, ooh, that, that's really cool, most of that's loaded in by what's called JavaScript. And in many cases, what people will do is they will put that stuff at the head of their website, which is what most instructions will tell you to do, um, and what ultimately ends up happening is it slows things down because what you have to remember, remember blah, I can talk, I promise. What you have to remember is that we perceive visually what a browser is perceiving from a code perspective. And a browser starts at the top and works its way down. And if you were ever to go into, uh, look at the, you know, go to a website and cl right click on it and do view source, you're going to see a bunch of code. It doesn't really matter what all that code says. But what's important to know is that if you look at the top and you start to scroll, you know, read towards the bottom, that's the way your browser is interpreting that page. Now, in some cases, you're going to see um, things that say like uh, reference or they're or referring to websites off of your normal website. It might be a Facebook plugin. It might be a Google Tag Manager. It could be any number of things. And <clears throat> what happens is when, uh, when your browser gets to that point, it will stop, go out to the site that it's being referenced, come back, and then continue to parse. Now, this takes milliseconds, ideally. Um, it take, can take much, much longer. But those milliseconds start to add up and add up and add up. And what ends up happening is all the stuff you actually want people to see ends up running, uh, ends up getting pushed down below all the code that a browser has to get through before someone can even see anything. And this is uh, what's called the first contentful paint, which is what people first see. Anyways, so this is a very common thing that people stuff uh, way too much code in the top of their website and um, many times unknowingly. And so in this particular case, these three things were the main things that were slowing down this website. They had code loading in the wrong place, too many fonts, and, uh, and, and they were being loaded kind of in the wrong place as well, and the images were way too large. And this underscores... Um, what I would say are kind of the four main ways I think about or we think about improving website website speed. And those are uh, one, to remove, two, to reduce, three, to preload, and four, to cache. And uh, I'll dive into each of those really quickly. So the first thing is when you're looking at a site, you want to remove anything that is unnecessary, any unnecessary images, scripts, uh, and clutter from the website or web pages. Now, in this case that I was talking about um, they're unnecessary fonts. So we load these things in, but we forget that data is moving across a network and also has to be parsed by your browser, which is also connected to a network. And so um, we've got a really great post on how a website works. And, and if you are nerdy and want to figure that out, you can go look at that. But essentially, this is the way it starts. You go onto a browser, right? And your browser itself takes some time to load based on the processor on your computer, the, the newness of the browser, etc. You go to a page. What's happening is that uh, that what's called a request, right? That request for information going to that page is going to a server 
that server is somewhere on in the world. It might be close to you, it might be far away from you. <clears throat> that server is then uh, potentially connected to a database, which is looking for the particular article you're looking at. There's what's called latency. So latency is the amount of time it takes from one step of the process to move to the next one. So there's latency between your browser and the server. There's latency between the, brow the, the, the server and the database. And then there's latency between the server and the return back to the browser. It's a whole cycle. It's called the request response cycle. And what happens is the more information that has to move through that pipeline, uh, depending on the size of the pipeline, the longer it takes a website to work. And that's a really good way to think about this is if you're trying to, uh, you know, move a fire hose through a, uh, you know, you've, you've got a fire hydrant trying to move it through a garden hose. It's just, it's not going to work. It's going to, uh, it's going to take way too long for that much water to come out through that garden hose uh, because there's just not enough bandwidth. And so what you want to do is you want to reduce the flow as much as possible, not to reduce or hinder user experience, but you want to reduce that flow as much as possible so the request response cycle is as short as possible. So the first thing you need to do is make sure you remove anything that's unnecessary, larger and unnecessary images, any scripts you're not currently using, any unnecessary files, um, and that's really kind of the first step. The second is then to reduce the size of anything that's left over. So for instance, you might take a download a photo from the internet that you want to upload to your website. And for you, you're looking at it in your browser on your phone and it's not very big, but from a data standpoint, it might be massive. And in fact, we had a, um, a customer, we were showing this to them, and even the file format, in this particular case, they, they had one file format that was a PNG and PNGs are, are way bigger than like a JPEG. And so um, we turned it to a JPEG and it was a 10X file size difference from a data perspective. From a user perspective, you couldn't tell the difference. It looked exactly the same. But in terms of moving water through that, that pipeline or data through that pipeline, it was a 10X savings, right? So after you've removed unnecessary things, you wanna reduce the size of any images, files, and web pages as much as possible. And there are things like um, minification and gzipping and things like that, which your developers should know about to help you with some of those things. And again, different platforms will allow you to do different of these things. And not every platform gives you 100% of the options available. Third thing, after you've removed the stuff that's unnecessary, reduced the stuff that's left over, is to preload any of those requests that you need to make your site work. So a preload is when you, we've got those third-party files or fonts or videos or whatever. Um, what the preload attribute does is the preload says, hey, look, go grab this stuff, but don't stop blocking the, uh, the information while you go and grab it. And by the way, also, I wanna let you know on whatever page I'm on that at some point I might call on this data. So it just lets the browser know when you're not busy, go get this information um, in advance. So that way, when we're ready for it, it's already there and you don't have to go out and make that request because that whole request response cycle starts over to the other server when you're requesting, let's say a third party font or a third party library, okay? So you might have a request response cycle inside of a request response cycle inside of a request response cycle. It's very inception, okay? So uh, remove, reduce, preload, and the, fast, the last thing is what's called caching. And caching is the process of um, essentially saving requests either in your database or on your server or on your page so that um, the browser knows this information is not likely to change so you, you can save it and not have to reload it the next time. Um, if you're using a CDN, like Cloudflare or WP Engine CDN or any of these other ones that are out there, 
um, there's a good chance that they've already got a bunch of, of caching already set up for you. But if you're not taking advantage of caching, then what's happening is that request response cycle is running anew every single time somebody goes to a page. With caching, it's only loading the stuff that's new because you've told it what stuff is old uh, and what stuff should stay. And things like, for instance, images and fonts, like you're probably not gonna change those very often. So you wanna make sure that those are set to expire after a very, very long time. So your browser doesn't think you have to go out and you know, go get them every every single time. And so uh, those are the four steps that we generally go through is we, we look and say, okay, what can we remove? What needs to be reduced? What do we need to preload and how can we work with caching? And then given the system, some systems give us more flexibility, some systems give us less. In this particular case, what we found with this customer is we had stuff that we could remove, lots of stuff we could reduce, especially images, which are a massive, a massive issue for most websites. Um, and we found uh, and we found areas that we could preload some things uh, and then the caching was already set up pretty well. And so what ended up happening was we take these things from a page, uh, Google page speed of eight or nine up to 60, 70, and we reduce the, um, uh, the, the time to load from 12 seconds down to three seconds, and all of a sudden now their website is really, really competitive. So hopefully you found this helpful. I apologize if you got a little bit techie. Um, we've got a handout on our website that you can download in order to have this kind of checklist, and you can use it to go through your own website or share it with your developer, and they can help you go through it. Or if you have questions and need our help, obviously reach out to us. We'd be, we'd be super happy to help you. So hopefully you found this educational and informational. Um, and uh, if you did, please uh, take a second to like and subscribe. Um, and if you know of anyone else who you think might find this helpful, maybe you've got a buddy who's got a business and their website's so slow, just forward this episode over to them so they know how to fix it. All right. Hey, thanks so much. Take care and we'll talk soon. Bye.